Hello? What's your favorite scary movie? Fear the Talking Queer. Part 2. Two? Who's gonna do that? Sequels suck. Hola, perra. Hi. Hey, bitch. I'm bilingual. Mm, I heard that about you. <laughs> I heard that about you. <laughs> what is up? Not much. What about you? It is a new week. It's a beautiful week. Um, you know, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the booties are twerking. <laughs> <laughs> Summer's right around the corner. I can yes. smell it here. <laughs> yes, you can smell it too. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Summer's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> so, we haven't introduced ourselves in a second, so I'm Jake. Mm, and I'm Frankie. Yes, and welcome to Fear the Talking Queers. Welcome to the show. And uh, now you're all caught up on who we are. Yes. And actually, you can catch a Jake in a- <laughs> on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Frankie discovered that I, in college, had a tiny little part in the most low-budget of low-budget films. And he, it's like a student film, right? It's not. Ne- it's, it's not a student film. It's a oh. film that was made by an alumni of my school who used students oh. from the college to play tiny bit parts in this film that he was <laughs> directing, wrote, producing, and starring in. And um, it's a hot mess. And it's on Amazon Prime. I'm not going to tell you what it's called because I don't need everybody streaming it because I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so good. Okay. The reason I think about this <laughs> constantly is because I always put lip gloss on. And in this movie, you are sitting in the mirror putting lip gloss on and they're telling you, what do they tell you? Not to put too much makeup on. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a theme park performer, but I'm like a really gay theme park performer, you know? And yeah, they're te- they're telling my our characters we're getting ready to perform to not wear too much makeup because we're supposed to be you know boys of course. And then um, I just I what do you want to say my line? Yeah. So they're like, okay, Jake, whatever your character's name was, was it Sissy or what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember if I had a name. I probably did. I don't remember what it is though. Let's say it was Sequoia. They're like Sequoia. <laughs> Do you remember I always used to say that to you? Yeah, Sequoia that worked this at Sequoia, calling from Aldo. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they were like Sequoia. Don't put too much makeup on. We were supposed to be playing this, and you are in there just lathering on the lip gloss, and you say, "I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> so that is just in. Uh, that's literally what I think of now when I put chapstick lip gloss anything i'm like i don't think so yes (laughs) and now i hope everybody else does too i'm it's my new catchphrase you can catch our t-shirt that says i don't think so (laughs) 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 just kidding (laughs) we should (laughs) so um what do we have going on this week what's something exciting Ooh, i know it's the final four of Drag Race. Yes. Okay, finally, after 25 episodes, we're finally to the end. I feel like this season has been going on forever. It started January 1st, and it's going to be officially over in two weeks. So, April 30th. That is crazy. 
That feels so long. That's like five months. I mean, are they? Is it usually that long? I don't know. I don't... No, I think it's because they did that whole <clears throat> thing in the beginning where they separated them into right. the groups. Yeah. That's so it was like the that. first episode, no one went home. They split them into two groups. Second episode, no one went home. Third episode, no one went home. And then finally, the fourth episode. Somebody started going home, and then they did a double Shantae, and then they had a week of COVID specials. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. This Come is a on. season that will never end. It just goes on and on, my friend. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, now we have our top four. If you haven't watched it yet and you don't want spoilers, skip ahead. But we're about to spoil it all. So, uh-huh. we got our top four, which are uh, Simone, Got Mick, Candy Muse, and Rose. So, what, yes. do, what do you think? What do you, who's, who are you rooting for? Okay, well, I'm definitely r- rooting for Simone. Okay. I've been posting yeah. Team Simone all over my Instagram. And it's just because her drag to me is so fresh. I think that her shyness out of drag is really relatable. Um, and then her style and aesthetic just resonate with me and the iconography and the aesthetic that I'm accustomed to growing up seeing on television and movies. So like <laughs> I like that is my girl, Simone. But if not, um, Simone, then got Mick totally. Yeah. I'm like 50-50. Like I'm like I'm rooting for the both of them. I'm specifically Team Simone, but Right, I would love. It. I feel like I'm a little backwards on that. I'm a little more Team Gottmik, but I I would be happy if Simone won, and I honestly wouldn't be mad if Rose won. Why? And I think because I think <laughs> that each <laughs> I think that each of them have their own specific reason. Candy, I don't think is, I don't think she should win. I think that she's gone as far as she she could. And I think that's great, but I don't think yeah, she's. I, think she's I don't think she's like job. presented like the best the winner, you know, the best. Yeah, you know, no. I don't. I personally, I don't think so. And, and I, I honestly, I don't think anybody should win the show having only won one challenge. Yeah, that's. I know that's great. That's a weird thing. Like I know there are different factors. Like it's not just how many you've won. It's also how well you perform, your personality. Like there's there's some right. Multitude the scorecard thing is is so interesting because a lot of times the girls don't even win that have the most wins, and so it's hard to judge mm-hmm. like how like is that the winner or is it just who does the best in the final lip sync or is it an overall thing? Is it about their sob story? Is it about what they stand for? I don't know. It's it's always hard right. to tell what it is that is going to be the contributing factor to their win. And sometimes I think it's just it factor. Like, do they have it? Like, do you, are they a star? Right, and... exactly. So, I don't know. So, but yeah, so me personally, I'm uh, I'm leaning a little more towards Team Gottmik. I love, yeah. I, you know, I think that, that she's a bit of a pioneer for uh, for queens who, who are um, assigned female at birth and like to do what she has done is just mm-hmm. incredible and uh, has probably opened so many doors and so many eyes. And I think that's so important. And I think uh, God Mick has definitely opened up my eyes. I'm like, wow. Can you imagine how much courage already it takes to go yeah. from, you know, to find your gender identity and be, and then fully transition into male and then be like, I'm going to do drag and female drag and right. I'm going to be comfortable with it. Exactly. Totally. And what, what he was saying when he was like, you know, explaining 
who he was. He was like, you know what? He's like, in the community, it, it, people seem to think that you either have to be Barbie or Ken. I really liked that uh, that allegory that uh, he made. And he was like, but, you know, I. he's like, even though he's like, I am a man, but he's like, I'm a feminine gay man. And so, you right. know, which just, you know, probably throws so many people's heads into a spin because they don't understand the concept that gender and sexuality not being the same thing. And they just assume that, right. you know, you know what I'm saying? And I think that. And also the- sexuality, sexuality, not really being about sex. Yes, you know? exa- exactly. And um, so I think that what Gottmik represents and what they, what they brought to the table as far as like their their aesthetic and their drag and and the fashions and everything i think uh i think that like is my winner but um i also do Mm -hmm. love simone and i think that she's performed super well throughout it um for me i think towards the end she petered out a little bit but um Mm -hmm. i do i love her and i think that she's a star it's crazy how uh how hard it must have been to be consistent throughout that entire season just with how many episodes there were I'm like of course Simone was going to end up in the bottom or of course but Gottmik never ended up in the bottom right and, yeah and, and Rosé um, never ended up in the bottom I'm not sure that Rosé has either yeah no so um, what are we talking about this week we were talking about Urban Legend. Urban Legend. <laughs> yes um, do you know any Urban Legends personally like do you have a favorite I do, but wait, I want to hear what yours is first. Oh, well, okay. So I was thinking about it and like, cause I was like, we were talking about like what we were going to do. And I said, well, maybe we should talk about urban legends. From, or you suggested that we do it from like, we knew from our childhood, but one of the ones that I can think of, I think is in this movie. And so I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should wait to talk about that. So I wanted to talk about a different one. Oh. Okay. That that um, I, I've learned about recently, and um, you and I have actually uh, learned about this kind of at the same time, um, and that is the legend of the Black Eyed Children. Black Eyed Children, I knew it. That's why I said go first because I I wrote that down as mine. Yes. Oh, did you? Oh my yes, gosh. So this the Black one. Eyed Children. So the Black Eyed Children one really freaks me the fuck out and um i first learned about it from another podcast called real life ghost stories so if you have a chance uh head over to real life ghost stories listen to their episode on black eyed children i think it's like one of their first they have maybe like episode eight or something like that but actually recently they just had a follow-up episode with more accounts um so that's kind of exciting and i haven't listened to it yet i listened to like 10 minutes of it when i literally maybe 10 minutes before you called me to do this and i was like oh my god that's so exciting but uh basically oh, the wow. black eyed children legend is pretty much about that black eyed children and they're like these like kind of pale white sunken in children that uh either come to your house and knock on your door and they try to get inside or you know, by the, the, asking for something yeah like by asking the phone or yes, something yeah something like that they try to infiltrate your house but the one that really mm-hmm. gets me is that um the the accounts and the stories of people driving through the nevada desert and having encounters yes. with the black eyed children because i'm like bitch i drive that a lot because my mom lives in las vegas and i i drive that 15 you know highway directly into vegas from la and it's really creepy and it's like basically like people will either stop at like a rest stop 
or a gas station and you know it's like so maybe secluded or something of the sort and they'll be approached i think some of them are like going to sleep in their car and they'd be approached by like this like teenager like knocking on their door like trying to get in and they're like no i don't want it and they look and they notice that first of all that they're pale white and have just pitch black eyes like like only black like no iris no no whites of their eyes just black orbs in their head and they said it also comes with like this feeling of like dread dread and like fear and um basically and like they try to get into your car not like forcefully but they try to like coerce you like open like open the door open the door kind of thing and um some of the really crazy accounts that i remember they talked about were like people driving away and these children chasing them and like yeah like like running as fast as the car or having some sort of inhumane strength that could like rip off the door handle or something of that and you were showing me this as we were driving on a yes. rainy night in the middle of the night i was like oh yes. my god they're coming they're, yes <laughs> they're gonna get us i know i thought that was kind of a perfect situation to introduce that to you just because i knew it's get the shit out of us yeah it, it did but it yeah it's a really really creepy story or like one of the crazy things about that is that that's been going around on the internet since the existence of the internet and i think they even talk about that like where did this myth come from or this legend come from yeah um and it's definitely like spawned from the internet age that's for sure yeah totally because i remember even being younger and they somebody told me this story about this like abandoned house in vallejo where we where i grew up and they were like and that's where the orphans live and they would come and they would oh, and it was basically the black eyed children's story but i don't know if in this particular story they had black eyes but it was exactly that story and i'm like oh you know your own hometown like come on yeah i know but, you know <laughs> it just yeah it's just a freaky story and um i don't know there's something about just like that like they, they don't know exactly what they're supposed to be like are they vampires are they demons are they um extraterrestrials yeah are they like like caught between two dimensions or are they uh skinwalkers or you know there's Ooh. there's like a lot of different things that they could be to me they sound like kind of like va- like vampires almost they kind of like in I, my in my mind they look like the vampires from 30 days of night oh okay but but kind of like young but younger and those fucking vampires are scary as shit i'm thinking that these are the kids that were born from like alien abductions yeah like they abduct us they take our sperm and our eggs and they make these black-eyed children that just harass us in the nevada desert <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> What a sinister plan those aliens had. That has to be it. <laughs> oh, but it's so creepy. It just like it literally gives me chills right now thinking about it. Yeah, I know. That's a that's a creepy crawly story. So, what was that podcast again? So that, that is re- uh, real life ghost stories. Go check them out. It's the episode on black eyed children. It is very scary. Yes, it was really good. I I really enjoyed that podcast. That was yeah. a really good one. Yeah, totally. Um, do you have one, or do we want to get into the movie? No, that was the one I perfect. had. And then, like you, I have ones that, like, stuck with me that are in sure. the movie. So, of course. perfect. All right. So, I think that gets us into our film today, which is the 1998 slasher 
follow up to Scream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ur- urban legend. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I'm. You know what? I really am excited to do this movie. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think so- it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it definitely will be. A lot of mixed emotions. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's get right into it. This is Urban Legend. <laughs> Urban Legend, released in 1998, written by Silvio Horta, directed by Jamie Blancs. On a dark and rainy night, a young woman named Michelle Mancini, played by Natasha Gregson Wagner, is driving her pickup truck, listening to a college campus radio DJ, and also singing terribly along with the radio. That's fucking horrible. Like, horrible singing. It's horrible. horrible. It's horrible. She doesn't even know the words. (laughs) I'm like, is this the scene that Anna Faris is making fun of in Scary Movie (laughs) 2? Literally my same thoughts exactly. As we go on, <laughs> we will still be friends forever. <laughs> After nearly colliding with another car, she realizes that she's almost out of gas and pulls into the nearest gas station, a creepy looking run down place in the middle of nowhere. The strange looking attendant, played by horror icon Brad Dorif, offers to fill her up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fill her up. <laughs> fill her up. <laughs> wow, I mean, is this the kind of gas station? Yeah. Yeah. I've been g- to one of those before. Yeah, pump me up. <laughs> <laughs> offers to fill up her car, and Michelle <laughs> offers to pay by credit card. After a minute, the attendant convinces Michelle that her credit card is not working and wants her to come into the office to speak to the credit card company on the phone. However, when Michelle gets inside the station and picks up the phone, there's no one on the other line. The attendant approaches her and excitedly stutters, but he cannot say anything clearly. The fearful woman sprays mace in his face and manages to run back to her truck and speeds away while the attendant remains behind and yells after her that he's only trying to help her and screaming, Someone's in the backseat! On the road, Michelle relaxes a little bit until someone sits up in the back seat and swings an axe at her neck. Okay. Yeah. I have to say that I do appreciate this opening, but I did not know that that wasn't Mary Elizabeth Winston. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, do you know who that is? She is related to Natalie Wood. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the boring part of who she is. The the exciting part is... Her first line didn't clue you into who she was. Oh my god. She plays Cassandra in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. You know the part <laughs> our favorite moment in that movie when he opens up, she goes, Oh my god. Oh <laughs> my god. Are you serious? That's yes, her. That's her. And that's the same exact line. And I noticed it right away because I don't really know this. I didn't know this movie really too well. But as soon as I heard her say that, I was like, what movie am I watching? I was like, wait, this is a Buffy. This is fucking Urban oh Legend. God. I was like, that's the same bitch that says that in, in Buffy. Wow. That is Who so knew? funny. Yeah. So, but yes, she's also Natalie Wood's daughter. Oh, she's her daughter. Yeah. I don't think she uh, inherited the talent, but you know. Nowhere near the same amount yeah. of talent. <laughs> but uh, those bangs, though. Mama, those are like Lydia (laughs) Beetlejuice bangs. (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, one thing that this movie does really well is like really leans into the urban legends totally of it all you know they're uh, they're everywhere and um i compiled every time i tried i think i think i got most okay. of them yeah. every time they uh a new urban legend was referenced i looked up what it was and then had a little description of what the original story uh, is story is basically okay so the first one that comes in this scene is that when uh, Michelle is driving. She's uh, she hears on the radio somebody talking about replacing uh, birth control with baby aspirin, and so that's our first urban legend reference. Yes, and so uh, that one is called baby aspirin, and basically the oh. story is is that. <laughs> A teenage girl is caught in the act with her boyfriend when her mother returns home unexpectedly. As the mother lectures her daughter on the foolishness of engaging in sex without taking precautions against pregnancy, the girl admits that she has been taking precautions, that she's been using her mother's birth control pills for months. When then mother (laughs) demurs, hesitatingly stating that she hasn't noticed any pills missing, her daughter informs her that she's replaced the pills she took with baby aspirin. And then less than a month later, the mother discovers that she is actually pregnant. Uh, Uh, Not a a super exciting one, but I mean, this movie is littered with urban legends. Yeah, so this is our first one we get. Oh, totally. Every call that comes into that damn radio station is another urban legend. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's Tara Reid's character, Sasha. She's just the urban legend. Queen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Brad Dorif as this gas attendant. And I don't even think he's credited in this movie. But, yeah, it's like a weird uncredited cameo for, but like, and I didn't even realize it was him at first. It wasn't until you like mentioned, you're like, oh my god, the cameos are great, and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, it's okay, Danielle, Robert, and I was like, who's the other one? You're like, and you said Brad, and I was like, what? Pitt? I <laughs> Pitt? Is that him? <laughs> he, yeah, he's playing Michelle, and. Uh, <laughs> But I didn't even realize that that was fucking Chucky playing the gas station attendant. Yeah, giving the performance of his life. I have to say his acting, it's just so unbalanced. That's the one thing about this um, opening scene for me is just he is giving an Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah, because he's like an actually great actor and she is is giving the bare minimum. Sorry, Natasha. She's not even trying. And I really, I'm really intrigued by the casting of this film. Um, just by everything that I've that I've known and I've read about. And they gave this role to her because she said that it was something that she could really sink her teeth into. Yeah, she really shot this scene and like was like really juicy. It's like, bitch, what? What? And and, and and even if she did think that, she didn't play that. So, I don't know what the yeah. fuck she's talking about. Yeah, what movie was she in? She thought she was Meryl streeping it up in here. And <laughs> she not, definitely wasn't. No, not, not in any way, shape, or form <laughs> was she even close to giving a decent performance. Like, her acting is terrible. Yeah. Um, She's lucky she's Natalie Wood's daughter because otherwise she wouldn't be doing anything in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. And I hope she doesn't come across this podcast and hear us talking shit, but (laughs) it is what it is, mama. Wasn't your best. Not at all. So she gets to the gas station and the attendant comes, which first of all is crazy to me because I'm like, it's 
do you know that there are places in America where it's not even legal for you to pump your own gas? Yeah, Oregon. Like, yeah, I remember Oregon. the first time I went to Oregon and we pulled up to a gas station and I was like getting out and I'm like, ah, this man disappeared. <laughs> He's like, how much? I'm like, what? How much? Oh for me? Oh, well, <laughs> $25. <laughs> Oh my god, then he pumped you full of gas. <laughs> but that's so funny. Yeah, it's yeah, so that's already crazy that there's like gas station attendants that exist. I and know. like she's she's rude and she's rude to him. She's like honking. Yeah, she is. Like bitch, it's raining. Well, first thing that I noticed is like this movie is littered with really cheap jump scares. And oh this is, you know, how many times is somebody going to j- get up right next to the window and it's like, bah! and you're like, oh, God, like, and so this is the first of many. So he's, he's obviously very weird and he appears and startles her in the window and then yeah. uh, she, she gives him her credit card and then, you know, he comes, comes back and he's like trying, he's like, hey, like they need to talk to you on the phone. And she's like, oh, fuck, it's raining. I gotta go out in the rain. So then she gets her shit together and she runs into there. And this is when I'm like, he went about this completely wrong. Right. Like, locking her in. <laughs> first of all, locking her in. Second of all, I would have been, I understand he has like a, a stuttering problem, right? So he can't speak it. I would have like been calm, written it down on a piece of paper, maybe, and be like, right. Look, I don't want to scare you, but there's somebody in the backseat of your car. But instead, what he does is that he lunges at her and touches her. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> bro, you do not touch people Back you don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm like, I, you know, I get it. Like, you're, you're, you're sort of excited by this situation, not in a happy way, but like. You know, like, your adrenaline's probably. What do I do? Me. What do I do? I didn't yeah. save her. Yeah. But but just don't be grabbing people you don't know. You right. Crazy. And she reacts like any girl would with a bottle of pepper spray in her purse. She yeah. just goes for it right in the eyes. Yeah, sprays him in the face and then she smashes the window <laughs> and runs for her it's life. And I'm like very dramatic. Oh my god, so dramatic. But I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, you go, girl. You better run out that window. So she, <laughs> she runs and she gets back in the car and then he runs out and he's like, there's somebody in the back seat. And he I'm delivers like, that oh, line man. so well. I'm like, this is I a know. good moment. Someone in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, in that moment, I'm like, okay. Knowing that his intentions were noble, I do feel bad for him. I know. He fucking falls on his back. Because he was just trying to do the right thing. I mean, he is he getting was, beat the fuck up. I know. Like, he was, like, trying to help her. I get it. But, I mean, he just went about it all wrong. Yeah. Totally. So, I feel bad. Even Joey was, like, watching it with me. And he was like, oh, I feel so bad for him. He was trying to help her. And I'm like, I know, but... You know. This movie does something that is a little problematic, both on and off screen. The off screen one will come a little bit later, but the on screen one is that they take these people and give them issues. Like, this man has a stuttering problem. Right. Uh, Tosh is goth. And then, like, the janitor <laughs> looks creepy. It takes these, like, outcasts and it makes them, like, 
scary. Like our, yeah. our leads are supposed to be scared of these people that look different. Scared of different people. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, is this like intentional? That's so 90s. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is the issue here? Of course, they weren't about accepting the other or like maybe people who had a differently abledness about them or people who subscribe to different lifestyles like the goth thing or or just being weird looking like the janitor. Like we vilified <laughs> these people. Yeah. And if you weren't like a, you know, a preppy white normal kid you know right no exactly this is one of the urban legends that i wrote and it's not even because it's an urban legend for me it's literally because of this movie like because of this movie i always check the backseat of my car at nighttime (laughs) so basically this legend is called the killer in the backseat and no (laughs) yeah i know crazy right (laughs) it's a little write-up that goes um a good samaritan warns a female driver about the armed and dangerous man hiding in the backseat of her car simple right and you know of course there are all like all these legends that i'm going to talk about they all have different variations interpretations and that's sort of the point of like urban folklore it's like passed down it's it changes depending on who's telling it and that's sort of what's exciting about it i feel like yeah and and then also when they manipulate it to be part of your own surroundings like this happened right right here where we live yeah this happened in this house you see that hunted house across the street (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you about it yes (laughs) so um yeah, the killer in the backseat thing, it, it is very scary. And I'm almost like, but like, at first I was wondering like, okay, like how does the gas station attendant know like that it's an evil person or like a person with malintent? What if it was this person was just taking a nap in the backseat? What if she and was then, driving her drunk friend home? Exactly. But then I was like reading more into the folklore and the folklore sort of makes it more specific to where the gas station attendant witnesses somebody come into the backseat while the person is pumping the gas. Oh. So like, I'm like, okay, all right. But she wasn't out of the car ever. She was in the car. I was thinking about this and I'm like, I don't think that I would have even noticed that. And if I did, I would have been like, that's a big ass coat. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like had, had she gotten out of the car and maybe... That would that would have given us more of a reason to think that somebody was in the car. Somebody got in the car when she didn't notice, but she's in the right. car the entire time. She's not going to notice that somebody got in the car with her, or have they been driving with her the entire time? I'm I'm assuming that they're driving the entire time with. Right, but car. then you, why would the gas station attendant assume that they don't know each other? I don't right. know. It, it's you know. this is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, all right, whatever. I guess we'll buy it. The movie's got a movie. I just think they could have maybe made it a little more clear as to to why this was a scary situation. I don't understand why Jamie Blancs did not want gore. And I had this Mandela effect where I lo- I thought that they showed her head on the road. And then I read that, no, it was written in the script, but Jamie Blancs took it out. Like, he didn't want to film that. And I'm like, why? I mean, yeah, I mean, might as well. I mean, this is already like a, a cheap slasher movie. Just fucking lean go into for it. it. And he's Just also very inspired it. by 80s movies as we discussed in valentine so i'm like why yeah. not just go for it like eight the 80s did scream did that's who you're yeah. copying basically. right exactly hmm i don't know but do you know what i do have a problem with that the decapitation scene is the fact 
that she is driving this car and this killer th- thinks it's a good idea to chop somebody's head off while they are driving the car. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like full on driving down the street, zooming down the road, and this killer's going to chop her head off while she's driving. Wouldn't the fucking car crash with the killer in it? Absolutely. See, it's it's the... It's, it's raining. The not, it's a not thinking about it for me. You know, it's the carelessness about it for me. That I'm like, I oh God. did read that Silvio Horta was a new, relatively new writer. And shocking. Um, basically took the scream skeleton and plugged in urban legends. Oh, and I do absolutely. think that the fact that this is riddled with it works great. Do I think that might be his writing? Not necessarily, because when he was peddling the script, nobody wanted it. And then finally, this new production company, Phoenix Pictures or whatever, was like, we want, this seems like we, we can make the next scream. So let's just of go course. for it. But they were like, the entire script needs to be rewritten. Wow. I mean... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it, and that's absolutely obvious that this is a complete scream rip off. So this next rip section off. that we get into will explain how it's even more of that. Oh my god, I know. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it. That same night, inside a coffee shop lounge at Pendleton University, college student Parker Riley, played by Michael Rosenbaum, is telling an urban legend called the Stanley Hall Massacre and how 25 years ago, a crazy professor killed a dozen students at a closed-down dorm on campus. Two of the students, Natalie Simon, played by Alicia Witt, and Brenda Bates, wink wink, played by Rebecca Gayhart, <laughs> listen with skepticism while they listen to Parker's girlfriend, Sasha Thomas, played by Tara Reed. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> who operates a local radio call-in show, finish her broadcast. Paul Gardner, played by Jared Leto. What is he doing in this movie? Um, Yeah. (laughs) A pompous college reporter joins the group and sneers at Parker's tale. Brenda is obviously attracted to Paul. Natalie and Brenda walk towards the closed-down Stanley Hall dorm building, where Brenda suggests they chant Bloody Mary as a gag. They are surprised by Damon Brooks, played by Joshua Jackson, a misfit student who taunts them over going inside the boarded-up building. Natalie goes home to her dorm room where she interrupts her goth girl roommate, Tosh, played by Danielle Harris. I love oh Danielle Harris. I thought it was Thora Birch. At first. <laughs> Ghost world? Yes. <laughs> Tosh is having sex with a goth guy. The next day in class, Professor William Wexler, played by horror icon, Robert England. Yes. Yes, yes. Is discussing folklore and urban legends because, of course. Yes, because that's what happens <laughs> in, 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 in college. Yeah. Brenda is called to the front to eat a bag of Pop Rocks, but hesitates when Professor Wexler suggests she washes them down with a soda. Damon walks up to the front of the class and tries drinking the soda and Pop Rocks candy to prove the urban legend that his stomach will not explode. He then feigns going into a seizure and playing dead, much to the annoyance of Wexler and the amusement of his friends. Oh my god, so crazy that Damon. <laughs> so funny. Oh, Damon. <laughs> oh my god, bitch. If I were that, if I were Professor Wexler, I'd be so mad that he wasted my time in my class by doing that. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck up. 
Yeah. <laughs> Get the Get fuck out of my class. You're going to the principal. Oh, wait, we're not in high school. <laughs> You're going to the dean's office. <laughs> Detention. Okay, bitch. This is a scream ripoff if I've ever seen one. Oh, absolutely. So first, before we get into that, we do have another legend alert. Okay. Legend alert. Legend alert. So uh, this one comes because the first scene that we get after the decapitation is uh, Tara Reed's character, Sasha's radio station. And uh, this girl calls in. The legend that they're refer- referencing here is called the promiscuous cheerleader. Oh. A cheerleader performs a sexual favor on the members of one of her school's sports team, then is rushed to a hospital where doctors pump her stomach free of an astonishing amount of semen. Okay, first of all, I was not a cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) How dare they put me on blast like that? (laughs) I was in the drama club, so let's get that straight. I was on the step team. (laughs) (laughs) I was in color guard, bitch, not cheerleading. (laughs) Can you tell me which celebrity this urban legend was, um, they used this urban legend to, like, talk about a celebrity gossip? Uh, mm, that's a good question. I'm going to say, I feel like I, I know this one. I think I Music. read I, Music I, I, I read it on Snopes a long time ago yeah. when I was a kid. When I was, like, obsessed with Snopes' website. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. Um, God, I don't remember who it was, but I do remember they said, who is it? Lil' Kim. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They said that she good? was with a ton of guys and she had to go get her stomach pumped. I'm like, that is not true. Lil' Kim is a lady. That's a lady. <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, so these kids are casually obsessed with urban legends as, you know, as college students are, you know, high school, yes. high school students, they like movies. They like slasher movies. Yeah, but once you get into college, you're a little more refined. Folklore is your, um, I guess, your obsession. Have you ever heard of this urban legend? Yes. (laughs) The one about the cheerleader and the seaman? (laughs) (laughs) You mean the one your girlfriend's talking about right now on the radio show? Yes, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. So they're, like, in this coffee shop, and this character Parker is just casually talking about this urban legend about this dorm room around them. There's a big massacre. And this is like, this is the equivalent of them sort of deconstructing the horror films in Scream. Like almost exactly. like- Exactly. Identical. Exactly like the, the fountain scene in Scream. Mm-hmm. I, 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 almost, like literally identical scenes almost. Oh, fun fact. This um, movie was filmed at a college- that also hosted a movie called The Killer Party, where there's a <laughs> massacre. <laughs> wow, the, yeah, thing. this this poor college. We're like, uh, yeah, sure, you can do, film this shitty movie here, but all these. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? One after the other, and um, but I'm like, it, I know they're trying to like pass it off as like it's being meta, just like Scream is, but it's not right. really meta because. We're not reading an urban legend, you know? Right. These aren't a bunch of kids in an urban legend who are operating within the rules of an urban legend. Right, exactly. You know? Like, Scream is meta because they were in a movie talking about movies. This yes. is like, they're in a movie and they're talking about urban legends. It's like, right, exactly. 
And I think that they, 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 I feel like the ending, like I know we're skipping ahead away, but like the little tacked on ending at the end is their way to try to justify it. But it's almost like I don't buy it. Like that this whole, this whole journey that we're about to go on is an urban legend. I feel like that was their attempt at trying to reconcile that. You know, yeah. try to try to like, oh wait, like how do we make this meta? It's like, uh-huh. it's like why why does it have to be meta? Like it I doesn't. But I think I think what Silvio's problem was with writing the script is that I think he had just went to the movies and watched Scream 2 and he was like I'm going to write a movie about urban legends but it's going to be like Scream and Scream 2 and Scream movies, 2 it's going to be urban legends yes he's like and it is going to make me money and here we are how many years talking later about talking it. about it so I talking mean, about it on our podcast only furthering his you know yes i spent 3.99 on amazon to rent it to watch so oh, that's money was, in silvio's pocket it's it was free on pluto tv i know i know i know but i wanted to watch it commercialist well no yeah yes exactly because i like to skip around and when i'm writing my notes anyway so I was like, oh, what you're a fucking such a it's, student. I know. Exactly. I should go to Pendleton University. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, major in urban legends. I'm like, are, oh, so these kids are all taking a class on urban legends. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, but then I think back to my college experience where I actually took a class on vampires, werewolves, and zombies. So it is possible. Yeah, so this isn't far-fetched. This is probably like, are they all English majors? Are they all like... Well, I'll believe anything after you told me that your school literally had a clown class. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true. Anything is possible in college. It's like fun school. So, um, So then, yeah, even the characters are like oddly fitting into the scream mold like literally like jared leto's character is gail weathers yeah literally reese is dewey yeah <laughs> reese is dewey jared leto is gail and alicia witt is sydney rebecca gayhart's brenda is tatum like tatum. it's like all and then what does that make parker the because he's so knowledgeable about the urban legend randy thing? he's the randy it's like he's like okay. randy and stew yeah like in one also, yeah. did they name Brenda Meeks from Scary Movie after Brenda in Urban Legend? <laughs> oh, oh, maybe. I don't know. I was like, don't that do was... her like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do her like... <laughs> She's obviously the more famous Brenda, so... Okay, wait, before we go any further, a little thing about these two characters, because this is who we're following mostly, Natalie and Brenda. Um, Natalie, Alicia Witt, was cast in this movie because she was against tight quote unquote i'm like excuse uh, me are aren't yeah. all the survivors in slasher movies white girls <laughs> I th- you know what i think it is i think is that she can't act i think that's what it is maybe it's that <laughs> and that she lacks charisma and her hair yes. is red <laughs> yes they're that's like totally against that is it that is against type I know that Alicia Witt still works a lot. Like I know she That's she crazy. she still books. So I don't know what her performances are like now. But this one, she gives a pretty dismal performance. I have to say, there are some moments I was like, oh my god, she is so cringy in this. Also, they fucking settled for her because they offered this part to Melissa Joan Hart, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Reese Witherspoon, and all three of them turned it down for obvious reasons. Yeah, but. Danielle Harris 
auditioned to be Natalie and 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 ended up getting cast as Tosh. I'm like, wow. what? What is going on? Yeah, and Danielle Harris, she's overlooked. They're like, you're forever gonna be the other. You're never gonna be the you're lead. Just, yeah, you're always gonna be the victim. Just deal with it. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you'll never be Jamie again. Yeah, Never. once you died in Halloween 6. It, it wasn't even her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was some other woman. Yeah. So then we have another legend alert. Legend alert. Um, mm-hmm. So we have uh, Natalie and Brenda walking towards the Stanley Hall. And they decide to play a little game called Bloody Mary. And yes. basically that urban legend is that a vengeful spirit will appear if you say her name. And this could be either one, I guess, five or... Or 13 times in a mirror. <laughs> 13? Oh my I God. know. I'm like, who no, has time? No wonder she's never showed up. No one's going to have yeah. time for that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. After like nine or 10, I'm like, okay, I'm bored. Like, she, she's not going to come. Oh, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. No, she didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to this dorm room, which, first of all, the dorm rooms are humongous. I was like, what kind of dorm rooms is this? I know. I'm like, don't they usually look like jail cells? Yeah. Bedrooms that two girls can fit in. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And then I would never in my life be okay with this situation. She walks in and her roommate is full on fucking in the room. And she's like, turn off the fucking light, you dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, I'd be over there. I'd be pushing her shit over. I'd be like. I would be causing a mess. Like, Can I, I tell you that I read they they watered down Tasha's character that in the original script she was much bitchier. I'm yeah. like, how much bitchier can you be? Yeah, she was hella rude. Tasha's a fucking bitch. <laughs> and th- th- thus, I think, is another one of my issues with this movie is that all these characters are pretty unlikable. They all are unlikable. Like not There's a si- not they- one character in this that I... Except Reese. Reese yeah, is the only I like person Reese. I like in this movie. And then there's a couple of characters that are so inconsequential that I don't feel either way towards them. Like Sasha, you know? It's like... <laughs> She's likable. She's likable. Is she? What does she do that's likable or unlikable? I don't know. She doesn't really do much in this movie. The acting in this movie is so bad, even for the good actors. Like, Rebecca yeah. Gayhart, she's <laughs> she's I, but like she, her... she gives a cute. I think she, of all the performances, she get she's the only one probably really given anything. But she does this thing. I think it was to juxtapose who she is at the end. Yeah, she's like, um, that happened in my town. Oh, yeah, she, this she's is like bright eyed. She's like I'm like Snow White. It's like oh my god, bitch! Like oh. that dead giveaway right there that bitch. there's something wrong with you. First of all, remember when I said that the off-screen thing about looking different? Yeah. Did you read about this thing over Rebecca Gayhart's hair? No. D- bitch, they tamed her hair as much as they could because they didn't want to give it away that she was the villain. That's in in the Blu-ray commentary. They mention that her hair was tamed and slightly straightened so that it wouldn't give it away. That she, if she had curly hair, it would have given it away that she was the villain in the end. What? That is I'm like, insane. It's, you don't think that the motto, the school's motto in Latin, saying the best friend did it, gives it away, but, you, but Rebecca <laughs> Gerhardt's cur- curly hair <laughs> gives it away? That is... That is crazy. Yeah, curly-haired girls got to watch out. They and so psycho. literally, that's why her hair is enormous in the ending because that's what they wanted. Like they wanted her. She's to have wild. Curly hair. It's, it's wild. Yeah, she's it's... untamed and wild because only crazy girls have curly hair. <laughs> wow, 
That is uh, that is an interesting take. <laughs> it sounds almost lightweight racist to me, but hey. Totally. It probably is. It's the 90s. Like, things were not great. They were fucking you know? stupid in the 90s. Totally. So this classroom scene happens now, which um, I actually do really like this scene. of, of This one I think is really effective. Like, just works well for me i think it's kind of fun it's stupid but um i like the the pop rocks moment and i think i really i really like that moment when rebecca gayhart she's like she pours the pop rocks in her mouth and then he's like do you want to wash it down and she like how she sort of hesitates and backs up i really like that i was like oh i was like okay that's yeah like it. It, it works better than the stanley hall massacre bullshit in the beginning yeah with yeah definitely i like this introduction of the urban legends more than that fake one because that's a yeah that sounds that's like a f- fake phony one and it's not interesting yeah. no. but like this is this should have been our introdu- introduction to the urban legend thing about this movie yeah you're right and then they could have talked about the other shit later because everybody knows this story Mikey from the commercial. Yes, legend alert, legend alert, pop rocks and soda. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But this is real one. So like that little Mikey of the life cereal fame died from explosive effects of, mi- of mixing pop rocks candy with soda. And I believed that for a long time. Did you? I yeah. Someone, I think my mom even told me, don't drink soda with it because every, people thought that was a real story. Wow, I I honestly didn't know that you were stupid. You're a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. How do seagulls explode? Uh, Isn't it if you give them like ant rice? acid or something? Oh, don't birds explode if you give them rice? That's okay. why people stop I didn't know throwing. You stupid. <laughs> no, I think they do. I think that's why they that you're not supposed to throw rice at weddings anymore because they it expands in their stomachs and it makes their stomachs explode. Oh my god. <laughs> I have so no sad? idea. Yeah, that's why people that are so like, sad. like just fucking throw confetti or throw I don't know, something else. Don't throw anything. Don't throw anything. Mess. Don't be throwing things at me at my wedding. Our fucking planet is fucked up enough. They don't need your fucking bullshit on the floor. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so then we have this moment where Joshua Jackson's very despicable character, Damon, uh, demonstrates the Pop Rocks and Soda moment and has like a full-on seizure in the middle of the class. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a joke. And everyone's like, oh my God. Damon. Parker's really proud of him. Oh, yeah. Also, these names are straight out of, like, an 80s novel. (laughs) Yeah, Damon (laughs) Parker. Brenda, Brenda. Natalie, Parker, and Damon. Yeah. And Tosh. (laughs) Yeah, Tosh. I'm like, what is that name? And Sasha. (laughs) Yeah, Sasha. Oh, my God. It's so just like she's on Dynasty. Yeah. (laughs) Sasha. So, um, all right, why don't we move on so we can finally get to some kills? Yeah, let's watch people die. That's why we're here. Later that day, Natalie and Brenda see Paul distributing newspapers detailing about the decapitation murder the previous night in which the stuffy Dean Adams, played by John Nevuille. I don't know. <laughs> Nevuille. Nevuille. Sure. Nevre. Nevre. <laughs> and the campus security guard Reese Wilson, played by Dream Girl Loretta Devine. <laughs> Yes, Miss Loretta. Yes, seizes copies of the school paper about the recent murder. Paul protests to the dean about a possible murder on the campus, but Adams tells Paul that there is no killer and the only crazy person is him. Wow. 
Burn. <laughs> good, good fucking schooling. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Later that day, Natalie, Brenda, Paul, Parker, Sasha, and Damon <laughs> meet where they discuss the murder, as all students do, just like in Scream. Mm-hmm. Natalie claims not to know the murder victim, but she has in her possession a high school yearbook which shows that Natalie and Michelle were captains of their cheerleading squad together. That evening, Damon arrives at Natalie's dorm room to console her and takes her someplace in his car to talk. After driving to a secluded part in the nearby woods, Natalie is <laughs> angry to discover that Damon only wants to talk to her to persuade her to hook up with him. Dog. What a shock. After Natalie becomes angry and demands that Damon take her home, he exits the car to take a piss when someone attacks him with a <laughs> rope. As so eloquently put. <laughs> To put it bluntly. <laughs> when Natalie goes to check on him, the killer, wearing a heavy hooded winter coat, attacks her. As she tries to drive away, Damon, tied to a rope attached to the bumper of the car, is hoisted up and choked to death. His body lands on top of the car, forcing Natalie to get out and run. Natalie goes to the campus security office and tells Reese about the killing, but when they both arrive at the scene, the body and Damon's car are gone. I don't wanna wait. that moment was so stupid i was like oh my god i'm like we know who he is like yeah even joey was like i'm sure he was like hardy har but i mean (laughs) yeah seriously i mean we get it he was pacey on dawson's creek they keep doing that too i think they wanted the audience to know that they got big names to be in this movie like you know big at the time like for that for the you know audience because this cast is kind of stacked like lightweight yeah. stacked. I mean, we do have like the cameos by these big horror icons like Robert England and Brad Dorf and Danielle Harris, but then we also have like other '90s stars like Tara Reid and you Rebecca know Gayhart. Jared Jared Leto. I mean, that's a my huge so-called deal. life. Like that was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, that was a big deal. And, yeah, Dawson's Creek was also a huge deal. Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah, Rebecca Gayhart and Joshua Jackson were straight off the set of Scream 2. For this Literally. Movie. They're like, we're doing the same exact film, but, you know, over here in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And then, yeah. And so they like, yeah. So you're right. I think that they were trying to be like, yeah, we got big names for our movie too. Yeah. I mean, even Sarah Michelle Gellar was attached to be in this movie at one point. She was going to play Sasha. Right, which I'm like, bitch, Can you thank imagine? God you did not do that. Oh my this, God. This you, would have just been one of those ones that you're like, I forgot she was in this. <laughs> I know, she's so much better than this part. Even the role of Cece in Scream 2 is a better part than Sasha. It is. It totally is. Yeah. I mean, because that, like, that is a scene you can take a bite out of. Natasha Wagner, whatever your name is, that is an actual small part that... Has mm-hmm. some bite to it, not this opening bullshit not this that fucking she thought. Shit. <laughs> also, um, it, at the end of the film, they're like, yeah, and you know, when they're talking about the urban legends, like, yeah, and Brenda was in the, the girl in the Noxzema commercials, and Rebecca Gayhart was the yes. Noxzema girl at the time. Right. It's like, oh my it's god, like, okay, we get it. It's like, we it's like, it. it's like the like a sad attempt at being meta, but mm. it's more just calling out these actors for who they actually are. Like, okay, it's like I guess that's interesting. But yeah. one character that we do get is Reese 
played by Loretta Devine. And who I have to say has to be the root of Denise Hemphill and Scream Queens. Absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. I was like, this is Denise yeah. Hemphill. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She's the blueprint for Niecy Nash's performance. Yes, totally. Is she the only cop on this campus for one? Because Yeah, she is just she is maintaining that school's reputation at being the safest university in the world or whatever right. it is. And she is getting only the best training from Pam Greer in Boxy Brown. Like, Absolutely. Is there anyone else you would go to to learn how to whoop someone's ass? No. I mean, there we go. That's true. But I'm also like, who convinced poor Loretta to be in this movie? Miss Loretta deserved better. But she's in the sequel, too, so she doesn't care. She loved it. (laughs) She was like, I'm going to take that paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. If they're cutting the check, I'm in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) She don't give a fuck because she made that many. All right. All right. You know, I can't fault her for that. So... Um, so then we have another scene between Tosh and Natalie. And this is the most 90s thing ever when she picks up the phone and the dial-up modem goes and she gets all pissed off at her. She's like, this is my phone line too. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, this movie is, this is not going to age well. No, not at all. Tosh is in there smoking cigarettes, chain smoking. Yeah. And I guess I read that Danielle Harris was an actual smoker. So she was kind of excited to sit there and just fucking smoke cigarettes all day. Right. But she had to do it for so many hours in this movie that she ended up quitting after this. Yeah, that would make me so sick. Like, smoking that many cigarettes for that long on set? Because it's, it's, you know, it's not just like a one and done when you're making a film. You're filming this shit all day, getting different angles, they're trying things out, you know, like doing multiple things. Danielle, in the last um, shot, your uh, cigarette was three quarters of the way down. So we're just going to need you to smoke it three quarters of the way down. So yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it should have been some fucking intern on the side. Like, excuse me, you need to smoke this cigarette for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm Danielle Harris. I'm not going to yeah. be doing this all day. Do you know who I am? I was in Halloween 5. Okay. <laughs> I was in a couple of episodes of Roseanne. I'm a star. <laughs> <laughs> and she's oh, back my. on the Connors, by the way. Is so she? Catch her on that. Yeah, she's playing the same character she played in the original Roseanne. Love it. Catch Danielle Harris on the Connors. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we get we're starting to unravel a little bit of like the mystery, and I feel like this is where the movie not only took from Scream, but is now starting to take a little bit from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, yeah. Where they're, like, trying to, like, build a little bit of mystery, a little bit of, like, a whodunit. And I don't... It just doesn't work the same way, but I feel like you can even tell, like, down to the score of this film that they were just straight up ripping it off. There this, were some parts of this where I was like, is that the is that Marco Beltrami's score from yes. Scream? Yeah, literally. Yeah. It just sounds the exact same. They were just... Just using the mold which i'm like okay whatever i mean do at this you. point do, do you. you if it works i guess if it ain't broke don't fix it right and they didn't they didn't try anything new i mean i will give them props for this urban legend shit though because i think that they did a fantastic job incorporating that throughout. sure of, of course absolutely so the mystery's unraveling and we learned that natalie was friends with the girl who died in the beginning of the film 
I have something written here, but I think I kind of want to touch on it later uh, once we get uh, to the motive of the killer. Okay. So don't let me forget it. Don't let me forget it. Make sure you okay. bring it up because I do want to bring this up again because I do. This is another moment where I'm like, what is happening with the writing here? Okay, Natalie Michelle, cheerleaders. I'm just going to say yes, that. Yeah, yeah, don't forget. Don't forget. So now we have the scene with Joshua Jackson, with the scene where um, he shows up with his bleached hair and he must have walked right from this movie to the set of Cruel Intentions because he uh-huh. also has that bleached ass hair in that Cruel Intentions. Fucking was, it looked like it was filmed in the same fucking school. <laughs> yeah. This may be because this school has been uh, the school in a lot of movies according yeah. to what I read. So he's like, I'm just, you know, going back and forth between sets. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, why would Natalie fall for this stunt? No, like, I don't even know Damon's character that well and I know that this is ridiculous. Being driven out to the middle of the fucking woods to have a heart to heart. Yeah. Like Natalie. And I think because earlier she tells when Damon pops up on Natalie and Brenda to scare them, she says, he was so different before. It's like, was he a gentleman before? And now he's <laughs> yeah. like, a, now he's, like, now a, he's like, like a class clown. Horn dog. I know. Natalie's character is so fucking poorly written. It's disgusting. Yeah, she and it makes her look like like I know like she kind of wises up to it later, but this it literally makes her look stupid. Yeah, and then I'm like, I I think sometimes I feel like they should have cast somebody with a little bit of edge to play uh, Natalie because it's like not only is she on probation, but also <laughs> she, but also Witch, she's straight bitch. up. We'll get that. Maybe she did know. Maybe she did know that he was going to do this to her, and she just needed an excuse to punch somebody in the face. Yeah, maybe she, yeah, she was just having pent up feelings about her her dead friend. But no, but this literally like makes her look stupid that she even entertained this idea that you know Damon and her were going to have this like nice talk in the woods. And, She's like, that um, sounds nice. I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay jesus christ okay so uh we have legend alert legend alert okay so this one to me i couldn't tell which one this was this seems like a mashup of two different legends the one with and, the hook in the door yes the hook yeah. and and one called the boyfriend's death and it seems like they kind of mash the two together and um this is the one that i was going to bring up uh, in the beginning of the episode when we, or okay. when I thought about the one we talked about as kids because I do remember talking about this one around the campfire one, once when we, I went camping as a kid Ooh. And it, but you it was like, like this the, happened at my school, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it was the ver- it was the version where it's like you know the drip drip one. Yes, you know which it, again they also talk about this urban legend at the beginning of I know we did last summer on the beach, and um, right. But it's like yeah, it's like some girl in a car, her boyfriend goes to check on a scary noise, and uh, as they do, she, she starts hearing drip 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 or something like that. And then she stays in the car all night, and then the police get there, and uh, it's her, the blood dripping from her boyfriend. I don't, I don't remember how I remembered it. I don't know if he was like hanging or what. I think in the version I remember, he's hanging from the tree. Yeah, 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 something like that. So let me read. So the let me read the boyfriend's death. The little outline of this. So the boyfriend's death is hours after sending her boyfriend in search of gasoline. A girl is rescued from her stranded car by police. Though cautioned not to turn around, she does and sees her boyfriend's lifeless body hanging from a tree branch above the car. So that's the boyfriend's death. 
And then there's the, the hook. So the hook is a couple's late night makeout session is cut short when they hear a report on the radio about an escaped killer who has a hook for a hand in the vicinity. The girl insists on being driven home immediately upon arrival at her house. The boy discovers a bloody hook hanging from the passenger side door car handle. So yeah. it, it seems like a mix of both. Like the, the mashup. Like, yeah, like the makeout lover's lane kind of setting and then the hanging. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I do think that's interesting. I, I think that this is a good urban legend to reference. I think it, obviously if I heard it when yeah. I was a kid, it's, it's a pretty recognizable one. And totally. And I think it really pays off for this movie. I think this is yeah. one of the stronger death scenes for sure. Right. Yeah. It's definitely intense. I like that. Um, you know, that moment where he's like on top of the car and he's like, don't drive, don't drive. And she, of course yeah. she doesn't, she, she didn't hear something. And that's, you know, that's another part of like the folklore is that, uh, or another interpretation of it was that uh, mm-hmm. you're, some, you're scraping or scratching and it's uh-huh. his feet on, on the roof of the car. So that's a good reference. And then yeah. of course she, she takes off and then uh, it pulls it, like the car, the rope pulls and strangles him to death. Mm-hmm. So, and I do think I that's think, a good one. I think that Jamie Blanc's directed this scene very well. I think the blocking yeah. is really well done. I think that the shots are like the, whatever, uh, what did they call those storyboards? Yeah. I, it was perfect. I really, I really enjoy this death scene for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Especially one of the when his in the film. body crashes into the, <laughs> yes. The windshield. But yes. I do have an issue with everything that follows up after it. But Right. Well, one thing I, we need to talk about is the killer's outfit. <laughs> Mama, this fur coat. This fur coat. I'm like, apparently the film was originally supposed to be set in the winter. With like, like okay. snow. Right. So yeah. that would make sense. But, th- but then they changed that. And now it's like, they could have been a little more creative with this costume. Yeah. Like, what is this referencing? Like, uh, there should have been a, be- a better urban legend reference in this other than a fur hoodie and an axe. I would have liked it better if they would have just lost the fur and just made it like um, like an like an urban Grim Reaper looking thing. Sure. Yeah. That which... fur is not it. Yeah. I'm like, what is this outfit? Chinchilla. Yeah. <laughs> but then during the scene, like immediately our killer gets hit by a car for one and it's like and it's like how are we supposed to believe that if one of the people one of the characters that we've been introduced to already has been hit by a car we're not going to see that yes and this stunt double for the killer is enormous (laughs) I know (laughs) like this is obviously a man's build this is some Emma Roberts yeah yeah Yeah, where she uh, Jill Roberts in Scream 4 is allegedly the one that kills the cops but he's like 6 foot (laughs) 5 yes literally (laughs) so he put heels on her like yes she's like heels (laughs) yeah heels yeah definitely I noticed that when he was on the hood and he falls off I'm like that's a big man that's a man mama that's not Rebecca no (laughs) No way shape or form no absolutely not which I mean I guess in when we watch slasher movies we have to suspend our disbelief until the end like that's sort of also part of what I read which is why we have these cheap transitions where like a a body a bloody hanged body literally just fell through the windshield of the car and landed in your face and you're and then you're that you're like I'm so concerned Damon's gone and everyone convinces her that this is fine and she's like okay yeah you're right and it's like 
those little transition pieces and also like the fact that the killer is obviously not Rebecca Gayhart in these scenes or that they get hit by cars and things like that. They said that part of that like suspension of disbelief is part of the story because this story is being told to us and not actually happening huh. in real time. So okay. it's like, and then this happened. All right. It's like, but what? Happened? I mean, that seems like a cheap justification of it, but I, it does. Sure. I feel like it's bad writing, and you just try to make it seem like it was okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, okay. If we go with that, then sure. I guess this makes sense. All bets are off. So they want but... us to sit here and say the things that we're saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, s- success. But until so, you get to that point, that has to be explained to you, though. So, no, it doesn't work, and that's not why. Yeah, and that's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, so then after this horrendous thing happens to Natalie, she runs to Reese, and then they go out there, and, of course, everything is all cleared and everything's gone. And then I'm like, first of all, if somebody comes in reporting, like, a murder, an attack, only this campus security guard is going to go check it out with you. Right. Where the, where are the actual police? <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't buy it at all. The first thing she says to her is, "Girl, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> then like they just convince her that she's crazy, and she's like, "Okay, I'm crazy." Like he's clearly on a snowboarding trip. Yeah, Hello. Duh. <laughs> I know. My favorite one is, "It was a mannequin." No, no. My favorite one. My favorite part of this is when he goes. I've heard this one before, Natalie. Two kids making out in the car. And then Brenda goes, you guys made out? <laughs> I know. She See, maybe those are the hints right there that she's crazy. She don't care. She's like, whatever. Yeah, she's there's, like, you guys made out? There's a couple of moments that happen like that. There's another one that I'll, I'll talk about. In a, where oh, it's okay. like the break of the tension where she's like, she doesn't take she's, it seriously because she obviously she, yeah. she's the one causing it. So. Right. Um, why don't we well, move I, on? I, yeah, because we're already bleeding into the next uh, yeah, we are. part of it. <laughs> the next day, after failing to locate Damon, Natalie's friends are skeptical to her claims of a murder and think that Damon's disappearance is one of his practical jokes. Natalie goes to the library to research urban legends by reading a book titled The Encyclopedia of Urban Legends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this part kills me. I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, sure. All right. With literal illustrations of the scenes in the movie. <laughs> While Natalie is in the library, Tosh meets a fellow goth guy online and they plan to meet. Goth, goth for goth. goth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, she was ahead of her time. She was out here on goth chat rooms. No pictures necessary. Yeah. Just goth for goth. Just, they just need to know what drug you're on. You, you goth? All right, let's do it. What, what you on? <laughs> Lithium. <laughs> My kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> When she returns from the bathroom to get ready for her date, the killer is waiting for her in the room and attacks. Natalie walks into the room and assumes the noises are of Tosh having sex again. The killer pulls out the electrical plugs for the lights in the room and Natalie goes to bed, not realizing that Tosh is being strangled to death. The next morning, Natalie wakes up and sees her roommate dead from slashed wrists and a message left by the killer written on the wall in blood saying, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Everyone thinks that Tosh committed suicide because hello, she's a freak. Yeah, duh, (laughs) she's gothic. They love doing that. They commit suicide all the time. And the message on the wall was a very morbid suicide note. 
Natalie convinces Paul that Tosh's death was not a suicide, and they look for evidence about the Stanley Hall massacre, but they find no evidence, and all the old newspaper clippings in the library from 1972, where the killings took place, are gone. Natalie and Paul run into the creepy-looking janitor, where they ask him questions about the Stanley Hall massacre, and the janitor tells them to talk to Wexler. Natalie and Paul sneak into Wexler's office for evidence, discover the coat and the axe, but are caught by the professor. Brought before Dean Adams, Paul asks about the Stanley Hall massacre, but the dean avoids the question by telling Paul that he's fired from the school newspaper and tells both of them to stop investigating something that never happened. Adams further tells Natalie that she has a criminal record for reckless endangerment and served a year of probation and that she too is to stop investigating the urban legend about the Stanley Hall massacre if she wants to stay at the college. Outside, Paul becomes angry when Natalie continues to avoid his questions about her past or if she knew Michelle. Later, Natalie walks into the campus swimming pool where Brenda is doing laps when she thinks she sees the killer approach. This scene is so stupid. (laughs) But the figure in the winter coat is only a fellow student getting ready to dive into the pool. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) In the locker room, Natalie confides in Brenda that she did know Michelle. She tells the story of how she and Michelle were out driving one night on a dark road without their car's headlights on when a passing car flashed them. And with Michelle driving, chased down the car in which the car went off the road and the driver was killed. This whole part about Damon and all this is kind of, like, and also Natalie accepts the fact that they're saying, you know, he's snowboarding. Like, this, he's known for this, Natalie. Like, get over it. Right, exactly. But, you know, they, they start figuring out, like, oh my gosh, like, this is urban legends. Like, this is, they're being killed in the same way that urban legends happened. And it's like, okay, so now they're wising up to the killer's game. The catch on very quickly. I know. I'll go to the library and check out the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why this library scene is hilarious? Because first of all, it's a library. Why is it so sinister? Like she's just walking around the library. It's like, duh, duh, duh. It's like really sinister music. And then she hears something. She's like, hello, is someone there? And it's like. Uh, maybe it's a library. It's like a people, fucking library, you idiot. People are in a library. Like, it, it happens. Like, plenty of people walk around libraries. You're not the only person in here. Right. And sure enough, it's Sasha. Yeah, Sasha. <laughs> and of course, here's another cheap jump scare where they run into each other. And they're like, oh my god. Oh, look what I found. I was just checking out this book of Kama Sutra. Yeah. (laughs) Duh. Yeah, because we need to establish her as being a slutty blonde. I know. She's like the promiscuous one. But honestly, when is she ever promiscuous? (laughs) In the beginning when she's like deep throating the microphone or the radio. Like, okay. I know. But I've done that all the time. I wouldn't say I'm <laughs> I, I do that every time we record on Fear the Talking Queers. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Jake is talking, this microphone's just in my mouth. Yeah. And I have the Yeti, bitch. It's big. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends. And, you know, they find some things they sco- they flip right past um, aren't you glad I didn't turn off the light so but we 
But we do have um, a legend alert, legend alert. So uh, this is where we learn about the gang high beam initiation, which tends to run through this movie a little bit. This is like a big one for this film. So this one is prospective new gang members are being initiated by killing the drivers of cars who flash their headlights at them. Which I've heard about this one too. I've heard about this too. I've heard different ones. Like when you stop at a gas station, like if you're the only one at a gas station or something, they'll yeah. follow you or something. Yeah, like Joey that. freaked out because I think I almost did this to somebody recently. Like they were driving with no headlights on and I almost flashed my lights. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, don't do that. I was like, why? He's like, people get killed because of that. And I was like, oh, dang. Oh, shit. I'm like, you really believe that? I'm just kidding. He's like, stop! Stop! <laughs> he's like... <laughs> but it's so... Yeah, that's a, that's a scary one. But I, I like read into it. I was like, what gang is doing this? But it's that thing that we talked about where like the 90s and the 80s were obsessed with biker gangs. So it's like a biker gang thing when they say gang members. Yeah, it's not like... The Crips and the Blood, Norteños <laughs> and Sureños. Like, yeah, no. I was like, what? they're not sitting out there just sitting with their lights off, just waiting. This is bikers. No. Like a biker gang. That, like, seems, oh. that seems like uh, truth to me. It's Yeah, so that's a, that, that is one that I've definitely heard of. It is kind of scary. Well, if they're anything like the bikers and killer clowns, they're definitely... Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Knock my block off? <laughs> you flash your headlights at me. Yeah. I'm going to knock your block off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so then, so then we have um, this this scene with goth for goth tosh she's over here in the chat rooms making connections and um you know she's just a girl trying to get hers she's just trying to get some yeah she wants to fuck and do drugs like any girl would or like any like us we love that (laughs) like (laughs) like any 20th century girl would like any gay guy with poppers. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, she was like the pioneer for Grinder. She was like, where are you? And oh, like, yeah. She's close. like, goth for goth. Oh, yeah. No, I love, I love the chat that's happening here. <laughs> Wait, let me turn to the page. <laughs> <laughs> where did I read? What you into? And he's like, lithium. And she's yeah. like, where, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's and all then close. I love that. Yeah, close. Yeah, she's like, great. I'm gonna go get ready. Yeah, yeah. she's she, she doesn't she doesn't need a picture. She trusts. If he's goth, he can get it. But also, how many people are this goth on that campus? I know, seriously. Like she already fucked one. Well, she's like, yeah. Like, what room are you in? Like, is he in the dorm? Like, there's another goth that she's never noticed before. I, I, right, and I so I have a question. What the fuck is lithium? <laughs> <laughs> lithium is a and i think it's an it's a drug that regulates bipolar disorder okay mm-hmm. and like probably like people who are like manic depressive and like which they, that's what she's been diagnosed as right like manic right. Depre- well that's what they say she is manic right. depressive right exactly so yes yeah, so yeah goths oh. the goths are all manic depressive and they're all on lithium and like on the topic of that, in the original script, Professor Wexler was supposed to be bipolar. I don't know why that would have contributed yeah. anything to the storyline. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, just imagine don't you the get possibilities. It? He's the killer. Hello, urban legends class. Bipolar. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a way of like killer. vilifying people who have like 
who mental are mental disorders like, who, uh, who that are, are out of their have control. Mental health issues. Right. Oh my God, the nineties. I swear. So, um, so we're about to get another legend alert. Legend alert. This one is called "Aren't You Glad You Didn't Turn the Lights On." No. I know. <laughs> so this one is a female college student returns to her dorm room late one evening and discovers her roommate has been murdered. So in this scene, they I don't think the sex thing is what's in the urban legend. I think that's for this movie. She's yeah. not gothic. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah, yeah, she's not into lithium on in the legend. But I think, yeah, it's like she comes home and she goes to sleep and then she wakes up and she doesn't realize that her roommate has been murdered in the same room. And so, and I think there's a message that's it. So, I mean, this one's pretty cut and dry. And um, what do you think of this of this kill scene? I don't know. I feel like I would be able to tell the difference between someone dying and someone enjoying themselves sexually. Yeah. And I, I, at this point, with everything that Natalie's dumbass has seen, bitch, turn on the damn lights. Like, yeah. Just to make sure that it's her having sex and not being murdered by this alleged killer that people have convinced you is only in your mind. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, she didn't do her due diligence as a roommate and she should be embarrassed. I don't like this scene. I I don't like this scene because I feel like it was cheap. It's Danielle Harris and they just were not respecting her as the icon that she would come out to be as a horror icon, (laughs) a scream queen. Because I'm like, she deserved more than this. Like, this is so cheap. Also, it didn't even look like a suicide at all. Like, obviously, there was, like, a lot of... Struggle. Struggle. (laughs) And what did she do? Cut her wrist and then take the time to write that on the wall? And and then and then laid down with a frightened look on her face <laughs> yeah. and was like, like "I'm gonna give die me a like goddamn this. break, stupid." So <laughs> then we get to more about this like Stanley Hall massacre, and they go in this like, you know, I know what you did last summer esque investigation, and I don't know. And this is when the movie it just gets a little like, I don't know, the excitement sort of leaves for a second, and we the, uh-huh. the, the more that Jared Leto's character is involved. And he's like this, like, you know, he's a hard hitting reporter. And yeah. I don't know. It just, <laughs> this is when it's like the Stanley Hall I'm Massacre Paul, thing. I'm author of the Stanley Hall Massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like the Stanley Hall Massacre turns out to be nothing. Like, it's just a dumb red herring that doesn't really mean anything. It's like. But it ends up being that it's true. But then once we find out that it's true, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It's like, and it's it's just to sort of point the finger at at Wexler because he's the sole survivor of the massacre. And Who, obviously this during point, this time of the year, like he goes a little nutty. At this point, is anybody suspecting his ass to be the killer? Because I'm not. I'm not. He hasn't even shown up. Like we don't have a reason to think it's that he's the one killer. One scene. Yeah. Give me a break. Are we just supposed to think because it's Robert England he's gonna be the killer? He plays Freddy Krueger, so he has to be the killer in this one. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like obvious. That it's and obvious it's that they wouldn't make him the killer because he's Robert England. Like exactly. I don't know. They got themselves in a pickle with that. For me, this part of the movie starts to dwindle for me because yeah. of Alicia Witt's performance. Yeah, she's not good in this. Mama, when her and Paul are talking, and she turns and she's like. <gasps> And she oh, yeah. turns and leans on that pillar. Yes. I was like, oh my is, God. What am I watching? Like, is this urban legend a slasher, a 90s slasher film, or is this fucking 90210? Like, this is so yeah. ridiculous. This is so, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like Degrassi. 
And I hate that every time she cries, it's in her voice, but not on her face. There are no tears. Yelled, and she just kind of talked like this. Like, I don't want to tell you yet what I've been through. <laughs> and she leans on the pillar. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, sh sh shut she up. She's terrible. I don't know if she's a terrible actress altogether or if it's just this movie. I don't think she is. I'm not going to say she works a lot. That doesn't necessarily mean that she is, I know. you know. Yeah. She might be getting... That's know. that's true. So then we, um, we again, we get the, the creepy janitor moment. And that, this part makes me laugh because when they're like, what do you know about the Stanley Hall massacre? And he's like... And he's like all brooding about it. And he's all talk to Wexler. I'm like, has this man for 25 years been upset about this situation? He's just waiting for somebody to, to, to bring this up to him. And also, I'm like, you've been the janitor here for 25 years? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that would make <laughs> me sad too. <laughs> but he's just like, I'm he's like, like still like traumatized with the situation 25 yes. years later. Talk to Wexler. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Oh my God. You're not over this yet? move on.org I almost feel like between Jamie Blanc's like knowing that he made this and Valentine and he wanted to direct I know what you did last summer like knowing that and also just whatever Sylvia Horch's um, script um, it almost seems like this movie was supposed to intentionally have this factor this camp factor to it that right. just doesn't play out yeah, like this they didn't movie's realize not it was campy yeah. or something but, yeah but this movie isn't funny you know, and, and not that, that like, camp has to be comedy, but one of the reasons why something like Scream works is because there was comedy interwoven into it. This movie is one of those movies that takes itself too seriously to where it yes, just comes off it as, per, it comes off as trying too hard and especially, and it, it comes off lackluster to the product that came before. And it just like is a bad combo. Like this might have been able to work if she were like, if he were like, why were why were you reckless endangerment? That sounds pretty serious. And she goes, oh, I can't talk about yeah. it. Like that would have been, you know, just to like up the layer of like camp. Like they just, just leaned something. into it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because this just, is stupid. The, the script is terrible. Yeah, the script doesn't match the campy concept. It's trying right. too hard to no. be a, like a like more like I know what you did last summer in its tone. But yeah, doesn't like is more toned down and serious. Yeah, but doesn't quite nail it, you know. Not at all. Not at all. So then uh, we get to this, <laughs> the pool scene, which makes me laugh. That some random girl just happens to be walking into this pool ominously from outside toward <laughs> Brenda. <laughs> yes, ominously towards Brenda in the exact costume as the killer, and walks to the edge of the pool with the coat on and takes it off and then fucking Natalie's having a dramatic reaction and smashes Brenda! the window and then the girl turns around just like in her like half of like a yeah she's like in yeah she's in a fucking bikini taking off <laughs> yeah. this big ass coat yeah and just it's just like this blocking is so stupid and the and girl just like her just, like she's nuts so like, <laughs> yeah. which she is, is and also she just destroyed fucking public property is she gonna pay for that school property yeah and this bitch is on probation <laughs> she's yeah. out of here she's going to jail Expelled. <laughs> so let's talk about this probation because we get the back story now about how Natalie and Michelle know each other which is absolutely 
ridiculous. Okay, is this what you were gonna bring up earlier? This, yeah. So this is one of the. So okay. well, what I was gonna say is like I cannot believe this idea that these two girls who maybe not intentionally killed this man, but they killed this man, got Together, off on yeah. probation. I was like, are you kidding me? They committed murder. Well, do you know Rebecca Gayhart's story? In real life? Well, I was going to bring that up, too, because you know how many people have done this? Not only Rebecca Gayhart, but Brandy. Brandy. and killed that woman on the freeway. And Caitlyn Jenner have all killed somebody in their cars, and they're just walking free. Vehicular manslaughter. It's a thing. Yeah, that is true. Rebecca Gayhart, she killed a little boy. That's so um, sad. Vehicular manslaughter. It's so sad. And I, I do feel for both parties on that end, because I'm sure it was an accident, but... She only got three years probation. I guess maybe, but that's, but the the difference is to me is that maybe there wasn't they were intending to kill this person, but they were definitely antagonizing this person. Totally. Like, how far were you going to take this? Like, what right, were you waiting exactly. for? It's not like they were just driving and then maybe they weren't paying attention or something like that. Like, their intention was to antagonize this person. They were doing the the legend of the fucking gang high beam initiation like they were playing into they actively were chasing this man in their car which caused him to crash i don't feel like that's like a probation worthy like situation no they should be in fucking a prison Prison. (laughs) but no they their their punishment would have been more severe and I, uh, to further that thought, which I'm sure is what you had too, like these bitches go to the same school. Yeah, what? But don't I'm talk sure to each other. I'm sure one of them would have been like, I don't, I'm sure one of them, like if that were us, like imagine if that were us and we did that, that would destroy someone's friendship also. Like we would blame each other or one would blame the driver and then they'd be like, I'm not going to fucking go to the same school as her. Like I'm yeah. sure they were, because she says that she was already accepted into Pendleton University when this happened right. so I'm like okay so they knew they were going to the same school but right. one of them would have been like I'm not going and yeah. they're not traumatized enough to not go to college I that would have fucked my world up if I killed I know. somebody like that seriously that evening Dean Adams is in the parking garage to drive home when the killer ambushes him and kills him by slashing his ankles and driving over <laughs> him with his own car this is horrible yeah, is, is this an urban legend Yes, it this is. Should happen yes. to Anton the, Yelchin. Yes, this. Oh, that is so sad. That that what happened to him is horrible. So horrible. So fucking horrible. That's a horrible. But this horrible. is the legend of the slasher under the car. So this one is thieves lie and wait under the victims' cars, then render their victims helpless by slashing their ankles. Ugh. Ouch. God. At a fraternity party that Parker is throwing, of course, there always has to be a fucking party. Paul arrives with an old newspaper article given to him by the janitor, which states that Professor Wexler was the sole survivor of the 1972 Stanley Hall massacre, and that he may be responsible for the killings. When Natalie admits to having feelings for Paul, they kiss. Brenda sees this and in a jealous rage leaves the party. A little later during the party, Parker gets a phone call and is told that something has happened to his pet dog. When Parker opens the microwave, he finds that his dog has been cooked alive. He runs into a nearby bathroom to throw up when the killer attacks him and kills him by pouring Pop Rocks and liquid Drano down his throat. When Natalie is trying to reach Paul, who ran off, Sasha is attacked at the radio station by the killer who chases her through the building with an axe. 
Natalie hears Sasha screaming over the radio and runs over to the station, but it's too late as the killer catches up to Sasha and axes her to death. Meanwhile, Reese searches Wexler's office but finds the floor covered in blood. She calls the police, but because of a serious thunderstorm, the roads are washed out. Reese goes off to find the killer on her own. Natalie runs into Paul outside her dorm room and becomes suspicious as to where he went during the time Sasha was killed. They both find Brenda and drive away from the campus to look for help when they stop at another gas station. While Paul goes to make a phone call to the police, Brenda and Natalie notice a strange odor and upon opening the car trunk discover the dead and mangled body of Professor Wexler. They both run away and into the nearby woods they accidentally get split up. On a back road, Natalie is picked up by the eerie janitor. However, the killer chases them in another car and the janitor's truck runs off the road, killing the janitor but allowing Natalie a chance to escape. All right, so my first question is, why kill the dean? Like, I understand he's like a a dick throughout this whole thing, but he's really inconsequential. He has nothing to do with her plan. The only thing I can think of is that he tells Reese, um, don't call the police unless you check with me first. So it's like, okay, well, I got to get rid of him so that the state police don't come up over here trying to fuck up my plan. But does she even know that's happening? Does she even know that's happening? Was she just always, like, in all her free time, just following the dean, like... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because then we get that part where Reese is like in the car and she's like, "You have my number, use it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, that it's like, I I like the death. I actually think it's really like brutal, like like running over him yeah. on top of those tire spikes. On top of the car spike, the tire. Yeah, like I th- I think that is really cool, but it just the death doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't further anything. It doesn't seem like it should even be part of her plan. He's not. Like, the Dean is not one of Natalie's friends, if we're going by what what Brenda's motive is. It's like... I know. I don't get... Well... Anyway, we'll so... Going. Yeah, so then we have... Uh, we have the party. Uh, we have... I don't know. We have Tara Reed again. Like, what is her role <laughs> in this? I just still don't get why she's in this movie. I like her. I think her character is pretty, because she's a very pretty girl, but... She's, yeah, she's pretty. They dressed her like the bride of Chucky in this part. Like, <laughs> Literally. <"Whoa, laughs> why is this happening? Her hair and everything. Yeah, I'm I was like, like, oh my god, why Tiffany. is she wearing a wedding dress? <laughs> yeah, that was the, the look back then, I guess. Also, what is this party like? Okay, it's the anniversary for the masker party. But yeah, it's like, is it a Halloween a cos- party? A costume party. Like, some of them are dressed like they've been murdered, which okay, that makes sense. But also, some of them are wearing like bat sunglasses. Yeah, masquerade <laughs> glasses, like masks on. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? Is he, and is Parker a pirate? Like. What is he dressed as? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A Stupid. <laughs> oh, so then we have this moment where where Paul <laughs> and Natalie fucking kiss. And I'm like, at so what stupid. point was where was there established that they had any chemistry romantically? Uh, yeah, that and <laughs> like, why did why why uh, do would we even care? Like, yeah. she's going through so much. Like, why is she even kissing this boy? Like, she is a fool. Literally. There's, like, so <laughs> many moments like this where it's, like, there's, like, Kim, there's people dying. And, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, but oh yes. So- there's a, see, there's a literally a moment like yes! that coming up. That's what, that's yeah. what I was going to talk about. So, um, first, let's get these out of the way. So, we have, yeah. um. 
Parker, another inconsequential character who just sort of knows these urban legends. And I'm like, okay, his the point of him is what? He throws this party. He has a dog. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So oh, he legend- has two urban legends. Yeah, that's right. So legend alert, legend alert. He, uh, This is the microwaved pet. And that is an elderly pet owner accidentally kills her animal companion by attempting to dry it in the microwave. Which I is feel a- like this has happened. I'm sure. Sure. That sounds people real. are dumb. Yeah, and you know, people. I always make jokes. She, I always make jokes because my pomeranian is so hard to dry. I always make jokes. I'm like, I'm gonna throw you in the dryer. <laughs> but would I ever? No, <laughs> you would die. Yeah, not again. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah. So then we also have the return of the pop rocks death, which also happens so fast. I didn't even realize what happens. And also, there's like these I, flashes uh, that I feel like were just to cover up any sort of gore. Gore. And also, I'm like, I don't believe, I, I truly don't believe that that dog was in the microwave. I don't think Brenda Where's had the... a dinner to do it. Yeah. I think it was just a balloon full of blood because literally <laughs> it was just blood. Yeah, there I was, was like, no where's body. the do- where, no body, no bones. No bones, no nothing. Uh, like, like, it was just blood. I'm like, okay, okay sure. Sure, whatever. So then we got the rid of Parker again. Who cares? He was not a likable character anyway. And then we have... Um, this chase scene it was hard with to watch Sasha. Anyway, don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Yes. So this this I think is a pretty successful moment. I think it's a decent chase yeah. scene. I would have liked it to be a little longer. Yeah. And I. It is a mixture of Helen Shivers and I know did last summer. Yeah. And then Gale and Dewey in Scream Two. Yeah. With the totally. radio station yeah. thing. Right. Totally. And um, but I think it's it's pretty good. I wish it. Yeah. I just wish it was a little longer. But this is. You know, this has a little bit of a legend alert, too. So they kind of reference it earlier um, to her character. She's talking to this guy at the party who's talking about the song Love Roller Coaster and how there's a scream on that song um, about a minute into the song that was rumored for a long time to be the voice of somebody actually being murdered. (laughs) Like, And there's like several different versions of who it was. And there was like something about like, yeah, like that they happened to catch the sound of somebody being murdered at the time of recording the song. So her okay. being attacked and murdered and people hearing it over the radio is like the the legend that she falls prey to. I've never seen a radio station where they wear headsets and that's their mic. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, because I'm like, because I, I, and I didn't even notice that she had that on because once she was like in a totally different room and they could hear her dying, I was like, how could they still hear her? She's in a totally different room. And then they show her again. <laughs> and there's like a mic, a Britney Spears headset yeah. on her face. And I'm like, that is not De- the way yeah. radio stations do this. Give me a break. This movie is almost believable until that point. <laughs> this is where you know it's a movie right yes <laughs> and i and i honestly just wish that she would have put up a little bit more of a fight like when she just like cowered in the corner like before he axes her i'm like no yeah. come on this is your life sasha fight god damn it also she sounds like the rugrats I can't even yeah, take her seriously. Tommy Pickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously. Um, she did all her own stunts. So applaud. Yes, for Tara. Tara. She did all her own stunts. Um, so then we get to uh, Brent, <laughs> the scene that we were going to talk about earlier. Uh. <laughs> so 
you know, Brenda and Paul and Natalie, they wind up in this car. And also, she, Brenda just tried to fight Natalie. Yes. <laughs> she was like, she fucking, I, honestly, uh, she should have thrown the beer on her, but she was like, wow, right. Natalie, you waste no time. Yeah, because Brenda's very, she has a fat crush on Paul, which they kind of referenced earlier in the movie. And then she sees Natalie making out with Paul at this party randomly. And so, of course, she's upset. So, but now they like, They've all come together. They're in this car and running from the killer, running from the killer amongst all this chaos that is happening. Brenda is nice enough to give her blessing to Natalie to be with Paul. And she's like, thank you. And they like, don't they literally hug? Don't they hug? Yeah. No. Yeah. Natalie reaches back to hug her. She's like, and she smiles. Like they're like, Oh my God. And she's like, so you and Paul, like, you know, you guys deserve each other, or he's, <laughs> yeah. he, you know. And then, then, then she, and then Natalie, a big smile stretches across her face, and she's like, "Thank you so Thank much." Thank you. And I'm like, "This is literally Kim." There's people dying. Like yes, like this. Then they is see not the body the in the trunk, right. and she says, "Like I said, he's all yours." <laughs> So this is also another urban legend. So this is the death car. So um, this one says no buyers can be found for a beautiful but cheap car because the horrible smell that permeates it from somebody who previously died in the car. I'm assuming I this that might be a little bit of a stretch, but that's what I found. No, that, that has to be it because they're like that smell. Oh my god, that smell. Yeah, that smell. And so then they start running through the woods, thinking that Paul's the killer. And this part cracks me up because it's like, <laughs> as soon as Brenda falls, Natalie's like, "Every man for himself." Bye, and she just leaves her in the fucking dust. I think there was a Brenda moment earlier that you were gonna mention where you're like, there are these little moments that Brenda has where you're like, she's the killer. That was, and it's after it's after the pool scene too. Where she goes, oh, yeah. nothing's gonna happen to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing's Sorry. gonna happen. No, that's true. That. <laughs> that's a good one. But I, it's all these moments like the one of her in the car where she's like giving Natalie her blessing to date Paul. That I'm like, she's not scared. She's unaffected. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that could be a clue, or maybe I'm just trying to justify these weird moments. I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, I know. Let's look in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's where I put that body earlier. I mean, um, I mean. Um, Anyway, so uh, then they have this moment where she gets in the car with the janitor, and then... Of course, this part immediately driving by. Yes, the janitor is driving by, and this part cracks me up because, you know, they drive by and they see the car sitting there with the lights off, and this is all again, this is a reference to the, to the gang initiation headlight mm-hmm. legend. And he flashes the lights, and she's all, no! I'm like... She, are we supposed to believe that the killer wasn't going to chase them if they didn't flash Seriously. the lights? Are it's we supposed us. to believe that? Yeah. Are we supposed to believe that? Like Come anybody on, who's dro- are they the only car that was going to drive by and do that? Come on. Come on. <laughs> so then they then again, these men, I don't know what it is about them. Like these girls are freaking out and their their instinct is to grab them. Which is what the janitor does to Natalie in this situation, and then they end up driving off the side of the road, and he dies. Which that crash did not look bad enough for him to die, and her to her to escape unscathed. Right. They're like, no, only one of one of you has to go, and we know who it is. Yeah, the ugly Natalie, one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ugly fucking freak <laughs> who cleans for a living. Oh my yeah, god, he's the scum of the earth. Yeah. 
yeah, this movie mistreats the different characters. I didn't like that throughout. I'm like, okay, you're like telling us to mistreat these people. Like, right. mistreat the gods, mistreat exactly. the, the ones with the stutters and the... Exactly. I'm like, and also, we forgot to mention that the gas attendant gets fucking thrown in jail for oh, Michelle's yeah. murder. So sad. Like, he wasn't at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs> like, he wasn't still there. Like, yeah, dumb. Natalie returns to the campus and tries calling for help on a police phone, but she hears Brenda screaming from inside <laughs> the abandoned stiff. This is Brianda. Brianda. I know. I ignored sorry. it this time. Sorry, give me care. But she hears Brianda <laughs> screaming from inside the abandoned Stanley Hall building where there is a light on the third floor. Natalie breaks in to look for her, but finds the dead bodies of Parker, Adams, and Damon instead. She finds Brenda lying motionless on a bed in a room lit with hundreds of different candles because the killer had time for that. Literally. <laughs> I'm like, who? she had time to fucking drag all these bodies, light all these candles. I can't. And like kill four people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before she can react, Brenda sits up and knocks Natalie unconscious. Waking up later, Natalie finds herself tied to the bed with the killer standing over her. The hood comes off to reveal it is Brenda. Oh my God, <laughs> Brenda. No longer acting like the casually nice and friendly girl as seen through the movie, the sneering and wild-eyed Brenda and wild-haired apparently <laughs> yeah. <laughs> explains to Natalie that the boy who was killed in the accident by Michelle and Natalie years before was Brenda's boyfriend. Oh my god. <laughs> Brenda befriended Natalie this whole time to torment her with urban legends as her insane way of getting even with her. Just as Brenda is about to kill Natalie by removing her kidneys as the kidney heist urban legend, Reese appears to come to Natalie's rescue, but Brenda attacks Reese with a knife and wrestles her gun away. Just then, Paul appears, applauding Brenda for her revenge plan and offers wanting a part of it to credit his career. But Brenda is not fooled, and before she can shoot either of them, Reese revives and shoots Brenda, causing her to fall backwards out of the window. However, as Paul and Natalie are driving away to find help and safety, Brenda sits up in the back seat of their car and attacks them in the same manner she had killed Michelle in the opening scene. Paul smashes the car into a guardrail, and Brenda smashes through the windshield and off a bridge into a river far below. Sometime later, at another college campus, a group of college students are discussing the recent Pendleton Massacre and about the urban legends when one student, whom is the alive and well Brenda with a different haircut, offers to tell them the real story about it all. The end. Wow. Ugh. <laughs> Where do we begin? Okay. I don't even think her hair was kept different. It was just brown. Brown. <laughs> yeah. More brown. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like I was like flat ironed. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, only crazy girls have curly hair. Right, 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 right. So, uh, the being this <laughs> this section, Brenda is out here. She has to be screaming louder than anybody has ever screamed before. Because <laughs> <laughs> Natalie is so far away. She's like, it is pouring rain outside. There is thunder and lightning. And somehow... She can hear Brenda screaming in a house, yeah. like, of like half a mile—not a half a mile away, but like, 
a long ways away. Maybe it's recorded and playing through speakers because it's also the same sound bite. <laughs> Just over and over. And over. <laughs> that would make more sense to me. I would buy that more. Yeah. If we saw that. Ah! It would... <laughs> over and over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but she's lucky that nobody else heard that and came to her rescue. She's like, Right. What if Reese was still around? What if anybody was around? Like, she's so lucky that Natalie that was too. the only person. Oh, I forgot there are other students at this school. I know. Isn't they're that not crazy? all dead. Do you think <laughs> yeah. they're still partying? Yeah, they're at the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, every other single student in this place is at the party. So there we go. Because Parker is here. His dead body has been removed from the bathroom. Yeah, somehow, um, but nobody knows. In noticing. front of the entire party. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. The dean is there. Um, yeah, they're all there in this house. She had time to lug all their bodies, to set them up. She hung. I mean, I guess Damon, she could have hung that a couple days ago. Yeah, he should be more decomposed, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it, yeah. And, um, so then we have the big reveal that it is Brenda. And uh, the, her performance is fun, I will it's say. It's the best part of this movie. But her character is ridiculous. This motive, <laughs> yeah. bitch. She's like, Ish. you killed my boyfriend. And so... I'm like, Colleges like this are so hard to get into that I doubt Michelle, Natalie, and Brenda all coming from the same area would all three be. It just like, it almost like school. blows my mind when they're like, so I, we went to, you know, she had to actively get into this college too. So she had to put in the time to apply. Who knows what she wanted to actually do, but now she's forced to be in the same department as Natalie and here's my thing. So this is what I was going to bring up earlier. What we're going to remember the thing I was like, remind me. Remind you. Okay. So the motive, right? The motive is that she's upset that Michelle and Natalie killed her boyfriend. So I'm like, what is the difference between Natalie and Michelle that Michelle got knocked off in the first scene and Natalie, who was in the passenger seat of the car deserves to be tormented all her friends murdered this whole like psychological game that she's played with natalie this entire time why her what about what if okay and this is obviously not you know part of the movie but let's say that you know there's this clever and (laughs) it was because she because Michelle was the driver that she was like I I'm gonna kill this bitch as soon as I get to this fucking school and so she was like I need to get this bitch out of the way and then maybe during like the trial and like the court case Natalie was there playing the helpless victim who had no control over her friend so she's like I'm gonna drag this bitch you wanna play the victim bitch I'll make you the victim Okay, all right. I all mean, right. this is a stretch. That is, is, you, I'll buy it, but because. But if I'm trying to make this movie okay, like if I was, if I were advocating right. for this movie, like they, like they do, like oh, it's because they're retelling the story. That's why this killer is a different size than Brenda. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, yeah, not? sure. Why not? Maybe she made herself out to be a victim, and she was like, all "Oh, about yeah. the court trial." The yeah, trial. <laughs> but I'll make you the victim. Okay, sure, I'll buy that. But it's just funny to me. It's like I feel like she would have more blame on Michelle and want to actually torture her since she's the one who did it rather than 
poor old, right. you know, little poor Miss Molly Ringwald. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's hilarious to me. I'm like, okay, yeah. but whatever. So, but so then we get this huge performance from Rebecca, who is full out. She is 110 percent committed to this craziness. And it's fun to watch. I love that they, I love that they had it raining so that her hair got all wet. So that by the time we yeah. get to this scene, it's just, just enormous, just gigantic. Yeah, and then, I think she actually looks the most beautiful in this. Yeah, she this looks scene. great. Her eyes look just gorgeous. Great. Yeah, but oh my god, and this motive, like the telling of the motive, like did she, the fact that she planned to tell her motive. Like when I think back to Scream, I don't think that Billy and Stu necessarily planned to tell Sydney their motive. It just sort of happened organically. No, Happenstance. Because yeah, but Brenda this said bitch no. had a slide. She said, show. I'm a sli-. she's like, I'm gonna take a page out of Debbie Jelinski's book. And I-, I definitely would say that this is definitely inspired by that scene. It has to be. <laughs> that's hilarious. That if that's the case, that is a hilarious reference. That they're because like she slides. She just slides. Like, remember this? Click. This is my boyfriend. Click. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like what in the hell? Like we didn't even get a a motive speech from Ben Willis because you know it's not necessary. We didn't need one. We didn't need one. But this is hilarious. So she's like, I'm. I finally got her where I want her. And now I'm going to explain every single detail about what I oh, did. Yes. Here are pictures. Like, she planned on telling her this, which is hysterical. And I feel like a ghostwriter definitely wrote this monologue because it is so different from anything else in the film. And even even the dialogue between Natalie and Brenda where she's like, you're crazy. And she goes, I guess you can say I'm a little nutty. <laughs> <laughs> See, and then she's like, and that's the camp that's like thing a good we one needed liner. more of. Yes. And she's like, enough chat, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> she's so and then she bites her. Oh, Ow, no. you stupid <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so ridiculous. And I'll, I'll, another part in this that I love is when she's telling her the kidney heist and she starts cutting her open. She goes, I don't even know if this is where you are, where your kidneys are, but the first <laughs> organ I see, I'm just going <laughs> to grab it. <laughs> That is great. That, that is great. great writing. This is the best part of the movie, but also insane. But like, so the kidney heist is a bit of is a legend alert. So um, it's drugged travelers awaken in ice filled bathtubs, only to discover one of their kidneys has been harvested by organ thieves, which is actually terrifying to me. I don't know why. I because I believe that it's true. I mean, you have to remember there's a whole black market, dark web thing going on where you can buy lungs and kidneys to save people's lives. Oh my god, that's so scary. And you like, know what? Oh, I can't afford it, so I'll buy it online. <laughs> I, I remember them actually doing this in Urban Legend Final Cut. So, like, we actually see the kidney heist happen. And, yeah, growing up, I, I didn't watch this movie growing up. Like, I don't know why Urban Legend was never on my radar, but for some reason, I watched Urban Legend Final Cut a lot. I don't know why, but so I have a much bigger knowledge of that one than I do of this one. So, so let's jump over into that movie. That's a perfect segue. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just kidding. Can you imagine? But I, but they do do the kidney heist, and it's like this girl. One of the characters she gets drugged at at a bar and wakes up in a bathtub, and her kidney's gone, and then she. It's really scary and gross and graphic. Oh my god, my fucking kidney is gone. She's like, oh my god, I lost weight. Yes, I know. I'm like, how do you know your kidney's gone? (laughs) <laughs> you feel it? Yeah. 
I guess. It's yeah. Just like, it's just like a gaping hole in your body. It's like a little hollow. I can't breathe. My fucking kidney must be gone. Yeah. So then we have uh, Reese who barges in to save the day, but then she gets all fucked up and sh- stabbed and shot. And yeah, um, she's like, get your crazy ass against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, so that happens. And we have Paul come in with that obnoxious clap. Like oh my yeah. god, shut I up! I want in. Shut the, <laughs> the fact that she, he thought that she would buy that. God, he's stupid. What if he was being serious? We never give him the chance to say if he was serious or not. That's true. That's true. She's she She's just like, doesn't believe it. You're cute, Paul, but, but not, not that, that cute. cute. <laughs> <laughs> and men, and goddamn, is he cute? He is gorgeous. He looks just oh, like Zac Efron so at this cute. time. So cute. He's really cute. Yeah. So cute. So then they have, have a fine they have a final tussle with Brenda and she gets shot and falls out the third story window. Ah! Oh my god. And that really I had to post that on our Instagram because that <laughs> yeah. brilliant shot that's so fast where she's just like ah! <laughs> and they just shoot her out of the window. It's like, oh my god. See, this is the stuff we live for. This is when it gets fun. Oh, I was thriving watching Miss Gayheart do this scene. Yeah. I was living. Yeah, this is the best. I was like, for sure. Like her, this is going to be her opus. This is her defining career moment. I could watch this scene multiple times to the point where I learn all the words. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's definitely the, it makes it worth it at the end of the day. We've trashed this movie a lot. It totally does. But this finale. We drag this through the mud. It's so batshit nuts. It's crazy. I'm not saying it's necessarily good, but it is so crazy. It's entertaining as hell. And I do it's love so, it. so... I love it. I love it. So then we... <laughs> Reese is all... They're like, we're going to get you help. And then they just leave her. They're like driving away. I'm like, they just left her at this house? I was like, they're rude and probably racist. And They are rude. Yeah, it's a big white world. Of <laughs> So then they like, so then they're in the car and, and Natalie's giving her little post trauma speech about, you know, urban legends. And I was like, oh my God. I was like rolling my eyes the whole time. So that was the boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> and then twist ending. And then, uh, you know, we have the return of Brenda who's in the backseat somehow. I'm like, how in the fuck did she survive falling backwards after being shot out of a third story window? Maybe it's like that, um, you know, that split universe thing, the glass universe, where it's like, <laughs> they, <laughs> they're yeah. so crazy that they that they believe they're superheroes, that they actually are superhuman. <laughs> well, that's just science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doctor, so I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so then they crash the car, and she flies out the windshield down to this river and I'm like honestly I feel like that's easy that I would believe that she would survive that more than being shot out the window and she does right am I, I I'm not familiar with the sequel but isn't she in the sequel she she is in the like the ending which the, which is laughable it's like the killer doesn't die I don't think in that one I think they end up in a mental hospital and she's one of the I think she's the nurse pushing 
um, the killer. The cart. Yeah, and that's it. Like, in a wheelchair. She's, like, pushing the wheelchair. And it's, like, a quick glance of her. And you're supposed to be like, oh, my God. But like, oh my god, it. it's Brenda. Like, yeah, but she's not the she's not in the movie. It's just as like, if anyone stuck around to get to that point of the yeah, movie. Literally. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, so then she's supposedly dead and then the next scene is all these new college students again talking about urban legends and this guy's like you have a one. Yeah, explaining that this movie that we just watched was just a story being told by one of the students and then she Lo and behold, Brenda's there and she's all, <laughs> let me tell you how it actually happened. The yeah. end. And it's like, oh my God, these characters at the end of this movie are so old. 90s. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Like the outfits that the kids that we actually followed throughout the film had on. I mean, they took it to the extreme. Like, they literally <laughs> looked like they walked off the set of, like, Jawbreaker. Like, just completely outrageous 90s clothes. Yeah, they did. They really leaned in. They looked like a Gap ad from the 90s. They were like, okay, now this is real life. Yeah. This part is the real 90s. Yeah. We're in it now. Exactly. Yeah, we're out of that fantasy world that we just lived in where people can survive and- being shot at windows. And they can light a million candles in a matter of... 20 minutes uh, you know okay and you were right too they look fucking old like that woman who <laughs> is sitting there with the bangs and the glasses yes I'm like that's someone's mom that is not a college student yeah, <laughs> yeah she's just dropping off her kid and, and heard this in the coffee shop on yeah, the way home like, I love ghost stories <laughs> I love urban legends <laughs> 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 All right, so that is the that we came to the end. So give me your final thoughts on Urban Legend. My final thoughts are that the reboot, which um, was announced in February of 2020 and is current, uh, was cast last fall. So they must have either been done shooting or they're going to start filming shooting. Um, has a lot of material to work with because there's a lot of room for improvement <laughs> on this. Um, but I do, I like we said before, I really do applaud this movie for going that extra mile with the use of urban legends. I think they did a fantastic job bringing those in and including them into the yeah. storytelling. I, I wish they, I wish they, I wish they were woven in more to the story. It seems like they were just there just for the kills. They're just vignettes. Yeah, they're just like vignettes as opposed to like having anything to do with the plot or like or just seamlessly flowing together to where you can't sit there and go okay this one's based on this one right if it were just like sneakily like put together right exactly i can see that right i don't know i just wish it like scream scream does that right this this is very this movie but you don't even notice it because it's its own thing yeah I don't know. I just, yeah, I just wish they were. I just wish they meant more. Like I get it. Like she was using urban legends because her boyfriend was killed by an urban legend. But like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, they could have gone further with it. So I hope a that a re- I hope that a reboot does uh, have a little more uh, conscious Pizzazz effort or something. Yeah, like oh yeah, conscious it. effort too. Um, I do think that the ending is its most successful. Totally moment and i would rate this uh, two and a half out of five great uh so i think this movie is it's just a clear reductive attempt to capitalize off of scream 
Um, I think the inclusions of the Urban Legends are interesting, but like I said, I don't think they amount to much other than the kills. And um, I don't think the characters are developed or likable. Like, there are very few characters that I would want to see in a sequel, which I'm assuming is why they don't ever show up in sequels. Like, I I, I don't get emotionally attached to them. Yeah, exactly. And I, <laughs> Reese is the only character that, you know, we do like, and she's the only one that carries on into the sequel. So, um, Right, and Reese, yeah. And uh, But, I, you know, the kills are fun. There are some really good ones. And I think they Rebecca are. gives a very committed batshit performance in the end, even though I think her motive leaves a little bit to be desired. And um, <laughs> But, yeah, those are the, only the really positives for me. So I'm going to rate this a really scathing 1.5 out of 5 that's fine that's fine that's totally fine I I think this movie is watchable I just do think that it could have been a hell of a lot better than it is I think we made this episode legendary wouldn't you say (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna go down as one of our most legendary episodes (laughs) yeah because they're like oh my god a movie that they didn't like oh my god I know, I know. There are some where I mean, we always have one bad thing to say about every movie. Of course, but it's this very one's rare. Probably that... the most consistent. Yeah, that we've been like, like this is horrible. This yeah. is tacky. She sucks. She sucks. <laughs> they can't act. Who wrote this shit? Yeah. Um, and why did we agree to do this episode? I don't know because it seemed like a fun one to like throw in there. Look, as no, like a... look, it's fun. Of course, again. No matter if we think this movie is shit, it's all so fun. They're all so horror movies, and we still love them at the yeah. end of the day. Whether yeah. we love them or we hate them, we're going to talk about them. This Absolutely. is Fear of the Talking Queers. That's right. And we're not afraid <laughs> of bad movies. So Yeah. Don't forget, we have new episodes now every Friday. Yeah, Fear the Talking Queer Friday. I'm sure you probably noticed that since today is probably Friday. <laughs> The best way to get a hold of us is through Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Yes, do that. Send us a DM, slip into our DMs, and maybe you'll get something naughty. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, a naked picture of the exploded dog in <laughs> Urban Legend. <laughs> With the raw footage of that. The raw moment. footage. What it was supposed to look like. Though. Yes. Um, yes, and if you want, you can send us an email, fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. If you miss Fear the Talking Queers being on Wednesdays, you can listen to my podcast. Oh, yes. My, my solo podcast. I don't know why, but I just decided to take over Wednesdays with Frankie and Friends. So search anywhere where you listen to this podcast, Frankie Ampersand Friends, and, <laughs> um, and find that a new episodes every Wednesday. Yes, it's really good. I listened to the first episode and it was super informative, super sweet, cute, and um, I loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah. My first review. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I know. I should leave you a podcast review. Speaking of, hey, leave us an Apple Podcast yes. review. We'd love that. We love it. Yeah, we're now at 5.0 stars, and we want to just maintain our yeah. Image. We want to be the only our podcast. <laughs> All right, time to go. All right, love you. <laughs> love you all. Sweet screens, bitch. Good night, bitch. Grandma. <laughs> Sweet screens, bitch. Bye.